Hey everybody, this is Erez Katz from CatStats.com. And I just wanted to let you know that if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need basically in a podcast all in one place. So if you want to, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, A-N-C-O-R, anchor.fm to get started. Hello everybody, how you doing? This is Erez Katz and welcome to Season 2 of CatStats.com Live. Um... Not sure if there's going to be really a whole lot more beyond this season and not even sure whether I'll be able to do the episodes that I want to do um, later this season. Um, As a matter of fact, this episode is a recap of last weekend's conversation with Rod Ramirez on the NBA bubble last year in 2020, as well as the 2021 NBA playoffs that just completed Um, as well as a recap of the NCAA tournament. Uh, We had talked about uh, basically COVID canceling the NCAA tournament the prior season. And of course, no fans were allowed in the bubble uh, for the most part uh, last year. But nevertheless, we, we crowned a champion in 2020 in the NBA. The Lakers defeating the Miami Heat in six games, four games to two. And then this year, the Milwaukee Bucks defeated the Phoenix Suns in six games as well, four games to two. So just as a kind of a recap, and of course, the Baylor Bears defeated Gonzaga in the championship game um, to win their first national championship and the first national championship won by a team from the state of Texas since the 1966 Texas Western Miners, who had held that for 55 years Um, Of course, the all-black team that defeated the all-white Kentucky team back then was a very historic team, which inspired the the movie Glory Road and, uh, of course, the legendary coach Don Haskins. But officially, and his nickname was the Bear, and then the Baylor Bears ended up defeating um, Gonzaga. We also talked a little bit about that epic Final Four game between the, you know, between UCLA and Gonzaga which uh, went to overtime. Johnny Juzang being extremely prominent throughout the entire uh, NCAA tournament for for UCLA. They played extremely well um, for Coach Mick Cronin. Uh, They they started from actually the play-in game in which they defeated Michigan State, I believe, in overtime as well, and then continued to have an impressive run uh, through the tournament, defeating teams like um, Alabama, and then Gonzaga, of course, the epic kind of steal or the, the shot by Juzang. Uh, we talked about Jaime Jaquez being a, a prominent player as well uh, for UCLA, as well as their point guard, Tiger Campbell, who had a, an amazing resemblance to Bob Marley. So UCLA was a fun team to watch, and that game was an instant classic. But of course, after Juzang, Juzang made the shot in overtime to tie the game at 90, then I believe Jalen Suggs took the inbounds pass and heaved the near half-court shot off glass and won it at the buzzer. Um, Gonzaga then 
with, of course, an undefeated record. So they were seeking to become the first team since the 1976 Indiana Hoosiers, with, uh, led by Isaiah Thomas and coached by Bob Knight, um, to, to be undefeated and go undefeated. But, of course, that was snatched away by the Baylor Bears, who really, you know, throughout much of the regular season, they were an impressive team. They were right there, ranked either number one or two, usually number two behind Gonzaga. Um, They did have a a period where their players had to sit out because of the COVID suspensions, um, and they missed a a pretty decent part of their season. I'm not sure if it was six or seven games, but that kind of got Baylor off track a little bit. It took them a little bit of time when they came back from the COVID uh, layoff to get back into form, but they really hit their stride when they got to the NCAA tournament and they dominated. We talked about how they dominated the University of Houston Cougars, who had been pretty impressive in their run um, to get to the Final Four. Uh, a lot of that having to do, you know, they were a high-scoring team that could defend, but Baylor, you know, with with Davion Mitchell, who ended up being an NBA lottery pick, along with Jared Butler, that backcourt was just unstoppable. Um, both of them were drafted, actually, on on draft night uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, just a couple other guys on Baylor, you know, that just dominated the interior. They had some more three-point shooters as well on their team, and just it was a dominant performance in the final four game against Houston, it was dominant in the final eight. It was dominant in the championship game. Surprisingly, uh, Gonzaga tried their best to make a couple runs and maybe got to within 10 or 11 points after falling behind big early, but they were never able to recover. Baylor easily coasted past them and won the NCAA tournament. Uh, that was really exciting, to be honest, because it was really, that was something that we really missed in 2020, um, missing both the ladies and the men's NCAA tournaments. Um, a nod to Stanford, by the way, who captured the women's title in 2020 as well. But, uh, but you know, it, it was just one of those uh, situations where, you know, sports was, was completely shut down for a time in 2020. Um, obviously, as we get into the NBA season, um, they had to go on about a five and a half month hiatus from the day on March 11th when the entire league was shut down with the first COVID cases until they resumed, which I believe was at the end of August, early September in the bubble. So, you know, that was a good five and a half months or so layoff. Um, and we talked quite a bit about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat, um, you know, so just to wrap that up, though, um, Baylor was extremely impressive and captured that title, and it was really great to see the NCAA tournament back. And it was an entire, it was an exciting tournament. And um, so, hats off to the Baylor Bears in completing, uh, and of course, 2019, the Virginia Cavaliers had been the defending champions, and so they were able to recapture that and become the new defending champions of the NCAA. Getting back to the NBA, of course, in the bubble, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks were a team that had dominated the entire regular season before the shutdown in 2011. Um, they were cruising to close to Golden State numbers in, in terms of the season where they went 73-9 and and, and defeated the Chicago Bulls record of 72-10. and 10. And I believe the Bucks 
had only about, they had lost three games in a row just prior to that. And so they had dropped to 12 losses on the season, but they were, they were on pace to probably go at least something like 67 and 15, maybe 68 and 14, uh, some, somewhere around there. So they, they were having a fantastic season, but they just were never the same when the bubble came around. Um, you know, they were involved during some of the uh, protests and the, and the Black Lives Matter during that time as well. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks were, I believe, the first team to lead a walkout or walked off the court during one of the playoff games in the bubble um, to protest what was going on. Uh, they, whatever the reasons were, they just didn't seem to be focused and didn't seem to have that chemistry that they had all season long. As a result, the Miami Heat... Basically, after getting past the Indiana Pacers in the first round with a sweep, the Miami Heat were just playing absolutely amazing basketball. And they just kept it up right after sweeping Indiana. They essentially completed what I would call a five-game sweep of Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee did manage to win one game on a late uh, Chris Middleton three-pointer with a questionable foul call, I believe, on Tyler Hero. But um, all in all, it, it was essentially a dominant performance by the Miami Heat. They essentially swept the Bucks um, and ended their amazing season. Once again, for the second straight year, Giannis was denied of you know, a championship despite having won the MVP for the second consecutive year. Um, and we talked a lot about the Miami Heat, who just played amazing basketball throughout that tournament. Um, first and foremost uh, by Jimmy Butler, who really led them with several three um, triple doubles. Uh, he was getting steals. He was making threes. He was having a huge, huge impact on every game and really would, would probably have been the finals MVP if Miami had found a way to win it. He certainly was the MVP of the playoffs for the Heat. And it was impressive, and of course, he was just recently rewarded for that with a with a long extension of four years and close to two hundred million dollars. So uh, Butler really established himself as a as a preeminent force in this league for the Miami Heat. Um, of course, Bam Adebayo stepped up, and and that was a, a very good championship series in the Eastern Conference. Uh, everyone will remember that block he had on Jason Tatum late in game one as Tatum was trying to win the game for the Celtics and uh, Adebayo denied him. We also saw players like Goran Dragic step up big time um, as well as Tyler Hero who was a, a rookie, Duncan Robinson. The Heat just really got great performances from everybody. Kendrick Nunn, um, a lot of young players, everyone stepped up and Nearly brought another title to uh, South Beach in the post-LeBron era. But again, the, the Lakers were the team that emerged victorious. Another guy on that team, by the way, was Jay Crowder, who we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute with the Phoenix Suns because he ended up going to the Suns and then made yet another finals appearance. Unfortunately for him, coming up short again with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Monty Williams, and the Phoenix Suns, who... Also had an absolutely fantastic run through the playoffs this year, but it did not end up uh, working out for them in terms of an NBA championship. But and getting back to the Heat and the Bucks, you know, I guess we should talk about we did talk about the Lakers um, quite a bit. And before we talk about the Lakers, one other thing that Rod and I discussed, which was absolutely amazing, was 
The Denver Nuggets also had a very impressive run through the bubble playoffs. Of course, the Phoenix Suns also went 8-0 in the bubble, but fell short of the playoffs the year before, as did Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, by the way. But the 8-0 Suns run really was a kind of a precursor to what they were able to accomplish this year. But of course, they still needed to pick up a couple very key pieces, namely Chris Paul, who just took them to a whole nother level, essentially. And, you know, the emergence of DeAndre Ayton, the further development of Devin Booker, who was already a great player, um, and, and picking up role players like Jay Crowder, who came in. And the Suns were absolutely phenomenal. And they were the ones who eliminated the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending champions, in this year's playoffs. Um, What can you say? I mean, something just happened. They were up two games to nothing in the finals. They were rolling. They had rolled through the entire playoffs, but uh, after rolling off three wins in a row against the Lakers, but something just happened with the Suns. The one main thing I wanted to say, all credit to Giannis, of course, um, for the performance he put in, and especially after that horrific knee injury he had uh, during the Atlanta Hawks Eastern Conference final series it really looked as though he probably wouldn't play at all um, for the remainder of the playoffs at least if not missing a whole year or something to that effect with a with a torn ACL Uh, I guess it turned out to be just a hyperextended knee there was no structural damage and he was able to come back actually and still play in the Atlanta Hawks series um, I believe and and uh, you know if not there then he definitely played in game one of the finals and, of course, we all know what, what Giannis did in the finals. He stepped it up to uh, essentially carry that Bucks team to a championship. Um, of course, with the aid of some great play by Chris Middleton and another key offseason acquisition, um, a couple key offseason acquisitions for the Bucks that really played well for them. Of course, Drew Holiday coming from the Pelicans um, did, an, did an amazing job for them, um, came up with some key steals, assists, and, and proved to be a great scorer. Uh, really established himself as one of the, the great point guards in the league, and now he has an NBA Finals championship to show for it. Um, and P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker was another important piece uh, along the way uh, that, that gave a little bit of toughness and grit to the Bucks team. Um, and they were able to use that motivation from having been swept by the Miami Heat in the bubble playoffs. They came back in the first round and swept the Heat. Um, yeah, the Miami Heat, just to kind of count, they really never got it together during the 2020 and 21 season. They, a lot of that team returned. They had Dragic, they had Nunn, they had uh, Adebayo, they had Butler, they had... Um, pretty much the same team with the exception of Jay Crowder. Um, Late in the year, they did make a deal for Victor Oladipo, although he never really played very much for the Heat, you know, and now they've signed Oladipo and Kyle Lowry. So we'll see what's going to happen going forward. Of course, I don't really want to get into all the free agency moves that just happened. I really just want to recap the 2020 bubble and the 21 playoffs because, of course, everything's changing and the Lakers signed a lot of players including Russell Westbrook so but just sticking to the last two years um but again Drew Holiday and and PJ Tucker even though they were without a guy like Dante DiVincenzo who who missed the playoffs with injury but guys like Pat Connaughton also stepped up uh 
Robin Lopez and, and the Bucks were able to finish the job and be the champions. I, I wanted to make the point, of course, that Chris Paul, in my opinion, is a champion. Um, the way he played and obviously, you know, having to endure something like Patrick Beverly out of frustration, pushing him in the back blatantly in the, in the uh, clinching game for them against the Clippers, a, a series that they won pretty convincingly. Um, by the way, I, I, was, I was kind of happy to see Patrick Beverly get shipped out of L.A. as a result. In my opinion, I don't think he should really even be able, allowed to step on an NBA court ever again for that type of unprovoked display. You don't go and push a player, especially not a Hall of Fame player like Chris Paul, who for 16 years has, has excited fans in the league, has given us everything. Um, now, unfortunately for him, he's, he's the first player to ever lose four series uh, when being up two games to none. But I made the point with Rod that Chris Paul, in my opinion, is a champion. And we all know the story of Monty Williams and what he's been through um, after losing his wife a few years ago uh, while coaching the Pelicans. And uh, he's been a journeyman coach who's been a great mentor and a great guy um, for the league. So it really seemed like the Suns were a team of destiny. It seemed like they had everything going in their favor. Uh, and then you know, the bottom kind of dropped out after they were up two games to none. Um, I guess the convincing game would have been game four. The the block by Giannis on DeAndre Ayton um, on that alley-oop was probably the key play in a very close game. There were a few close games in that series, not that many, but that was probably the closest and the most pivotal. Um, I made the point, I I actually think that Giannis fouled Ayton on the follow-through. The block was clean. But he definitely got him on the arm on the follow-through. So uh, who knows if the referees call that a foul and Aiton steps to the line and makes two free throws, maybe we have a whole different outcome in the NBA Finals. But, you know, Giannis was playing at that level and he got the MVP. So the Bucks carried that title. They'll be the defending champions next year. Just to go back a little bit um, again and, and talk about the, the Lakers uh, from the from the bubble the previous year. Oh, and the Denver Nuggets, the the other thing I highlighted greatly was the the great matchup that we saw between Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz and um, Jamal Murray of the Nuggets. And of course, we made the point that the Nuggets, who actually played pretty well this season, but with the ACL injury to Jamal Murray, they were never able to recover from that, despite Nikola Jokic having an amazing season and beating out um, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, and Giannis to win his first MVP, which was uh, definitely something to note and a, and a fantastic season for Jokic. He also played great in the bubble, and Jamal Murray had that amazing matchup. Just some of the stats that that um, I had gotten from a seaofblue.com showed that the two combined for I believe it was 675 points between them in the series. Um, they had nine 30-plus point games. They had four 50-plus point games, which had beaten uh, both Jerry West and John Havlicek, were the only other people who had combined to have even two 50-point games each. Of course, 
Um, Mitchell did it in game one and game four, and then Murray did it in game four and game six, both of them dueling back and forth, hitting threes, making amazing shots, dunking it. It was just an amazing display. Um, And in that, uh, Murray also went for 42 points in game five, so he actually scored 40-plus points in three consecutive playoff games, something only Michael Jordan had ever done. He did it four times in 1993 um, in a row scoring 40 plus in the, in the NBA finals back in 93. So in, and then there were some other records, like basically just having a 50 plus percent field goal and three point percentage shooting 90% from the line and, um, and scoring 35 plus points per game. I believe Donovan Mitchell did that. And that had never been done in the history of the NBA. Um, uh, you know, NBA.com, I believe, might have supplied me with some of those statistics as well. So uh, just letting you know, I believe Jamal Murray averaged about 32 points himself for the playoffs and, and about six or seven assists. So both of those players put on a show for the ages, something that we've never seen, uh, essentially, um, really in the history of the game. Again, J- Jerry West and John Havlicek had scored something along the lines of, I believe, 673 or 663 points between them in 1969. And that had previously been the greatest duel between two players. So that was something to behold for sure. The Nuggets, of course, we talked about when the Lakers won the championship, Anthony Davis's three-point shot at the buzzer, which won game two for the Lakers. That was probably the most important moment for them in the playoffs because you know, actually that put them up two games to nothing in that series. And had they lost that game, the Nuggets went on to tie the series at two uh, or, or at least win two of the next three games. So had they won that game, you know, the Nuggets could very well have been up three games to one or at the very worst tied in that series. And we might have seen an upset there. We might have seen a different outcome, but, but Davis, you know, down 103 to 102, spotted up, and he didn't even need a three-point shot. A two-pointer would have been good enough, but he was all net on that shot. Anthony Davis was pretty much phenomenal um, throughout the playoffs. He did have to deal with some injuries in the in the final series, um, but he never really fully missed a game. He missed some time on the court. Of course, the Miami Heat in that series, uh, game one was really a disaster for the Heat. They ended up getting blown out, but more importantly, they had injuries in that game to Goran Dragic, who didn't return until the last game of the series. Um, Adebayo was banged up in that first game, as was Jimmy Butler. So, you know, they were injured. Uh, it made it difficult for them to win game two. They were very stoic in game two um, and played hard. Butler, again, put up a triple-double performance but came up short, so they were down two games to one. Butler then dominated and took it on his back in game three to lead the Heat to a victory. And they, you know, again, they were able to make a series of it, but really the injuries and just the leg, they weren't able to overcome LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the the bench play of Contavious Caldwell Pope and Rajon Rondo and some other players that the Lakers had, Dwight Howard. of course a lot of these players are no longer with the Lakers some guys like Howard went to the Sixers last year and then came back <laughs> um, so you know there's constant flux in the NBA nowadays so that's why I really wanted to do this recap these two seasons 
will always be remembered, I think, together, you know, uh, assuming that the NBA is able to go back to normal like they want to this year and get, get back to an 82-game schedule. Of course, we only had something like 64, 65 games played in the bubble season, in the regular season, and then we only had 72 games played last season or this past season due to the short turnaround um, of the two seasons. So these two COVID seasons, and of course, you know, throughout much of the season, there were no fans in a lot of the home stadiums of NBA teams. Uh, They were, towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, able to do that. Uh, One other thing that Rod and I did talk about, too, and I think it's worth mentioning, was Kevin Durant. Um, Of course, Kevin Durant making his return with the uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, after leaving the Warriors following the uh, horrible Achilles injury in the finals in 2019. Um, And what can you say about Kevin Durant? I mean, it was just kind of ironic, though, in that they picked up Kyrie Irving and they picked up James Harden in the middle of the season and we figured that that big three was going to really carry that team to the title and a victory over the Bucks. Of course, they lost to the Bucks in game seven in a very tight game seven. And ironically, you know, Durant still went for almost 50 points in that game. But, you know, despite all the injuries and he missed another significant portion of this season, maybe close to half of it with a nagging, uh, I believe it was it was kind of a hamstring injury that he was dealing with, but he ends up being the last man standing and came up a little bit short against the Bucks in that game seven, uh, despite doing absolutely everything he could. But then the hamstring injury that was plaguing James Harden and Harden, although after having missed several games of that series, you know, he did return for, I believe, game six and seven, but he didn't look anywhere near himself, really couldn't move very well. Um, And then, of course, Kyrie Irving had another injury as well you know so things fell apart for the Nets I think going forward the Nets and the Suns um, Nets under Steve Nash you know I still think those teams will be very prominent next season and will be teams to beat but of course now you have the Lakers uh, the Miami Heat have totally revamped their lineup of course you'll have the defending champion Bucks, and of course teams like Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz who were impressive this season as well having the best record in the west pretty much the whole season but they were upset in the playoffs but it should be a fun time going forward for the NBA but yeah Kevin Durant and even though Kevin Durant came up short and for that matter um, Devin Booker as well but they were able to go to Tokyo and get the gold medal Kevin Durant showed what kind of champion he still is in leading the United States to the gold medal in some pretty tough games and they didn't get, you know, a lot of the players that they had didn't have much chemistry playing together and they didn't really manage to, you know, get it together until late. But once they hit their stride, led mostly by Kevin Durant, they got the gold medal in a victory over France who had beaten them in the first game. And of course they had lost a couple exhibition games. So always impressive by Durant. And, and, you know, he became the all time leading scorer for the United States in history, I believe surpassing Carmelo Anthony, um, you know, for most points in USA basketball history. So what can you say about Kevin Durant, a champion? Also, what can you say about Steph Curry, who didn't win the MVP this year, but did win the scoring title. And he also sat out for, for the most part, a full season, missed the playoffs in the bubble the prior year. And he was so fun to watch in this past season. 
Hopefully the Warriors will get Klay Thompson back this year. And uh, they weren't very active in free agency in terms of picking up a lot of players, but they did have a couple good draft picks. And, um, you know, and of course they still have Draymond Green and James Wiseman got hurt, but he was their number one pick last year who was pretty impressive. So we'll see if the Warriors can make a run in the upcoming season. But... That's pretty much a recap. Again, it was interesting. The bubble, the duel between Mitchell and Murray, the emergence of the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, ultimately the Lakers prevailing with Davis but, and, and LeBron James. And then this year, the Bucks outlasting the Suns behind guys like Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker and Chris Middleton helping out Giannis but of course Giannis being the main driving force but again wanted to make that nod to Chris Paul he is truly a champion he uh he deserved he got the long extension too with the Suns so he's not hanging it up yet he's 36 but he certainly didn't look 36 the way he was playing he looked about 10 years younger so if he can keep that up um if the Suns can keep that core of players together with guys like Mikael Bridges as well and Aiton developing, Devin Booker, of course, being fantastic. And if they can hang on to, to Jay Crowder, I think they'll be right there again next year. So I guess that's pretty much a wrap. Uh, again, this is Ares Katz. Just to let you know, if, I, if I'm able to do some shows, and again, we had some technical difficulties, so I wasn't able to, to keep the recording of the show with Rod. So, But it, I will try to do a show possibly with Colin O'Byrne on the greatest tight ends. Um, in NFL history, along with some fullbacks and, and possibly an NFL recap of last season, um, you know, with really probably not the ending a lot of us would have hoped to see um, with guys like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers um, not winning the Super Bowl and Tom Brady winning it. Uh, that's not really what a lot of us would like to see on top of the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo and some other guys that we thought were emerging didn't get a chance. But I might be able to talk to Colin on that. We might do a show with soccer on Messi versus Ronaldo on catstats.com. I wrote that article, so if you want to check out that that article on my website, it's there. Uh, Maybe we'll get into some more tennis with Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. Again, still the big three in tennis. Maybe even a little bit of hockey or golf. But uh, definitely wanted to recap the NBA. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for staying with me. And maybe we'll see you again soon here on CatStats.com Live. Uh, Hope you all had a great time. And again, the Baylor Bears winning the NCAA tournament after a year absence. And, of course, the Bucks winning it this year. So thanks again. This is Erez Katz, CatStats.com Live, signing off. We'll see you soon, guys. Take care.